I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 611 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are heading back into the octagon today with the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC. Kamaru Usman joins me on First Class Fatherhood today. Kamaru Usman is the current UFC welterweight champion. He won the title after defeating Tyron Woodley, and he has defended his championship belt five times, twice against Jorge Masvidal, twice against Kobe Covington, and once against Gilbert Burns. Before beginning his MMA career, Kamaru was a standout wrestler who won the NCAA Division II National Championship back in 2010. And Kamaru Usman's father never had the opportunity to watch his son fight live because he was serving a prison sentence. Finally, he got the opportunity after being released in 2021. He sat ringside and watched his son pummel Jorge Masvidal in UFC 261. Kamaru Usman put the UFC belt around his father's waist. What a moment that that was for both of these two. Kamaru Usman is known as the Nigerian Nightmare, which is a nickname he borrowed from another Nigerian legend, Christian Okoye. You guys remember I had Christian Okoye on the podcast here not that long ago. Uh, So I'm going to talk to Kamaru Usman about the nickname and so much more. Of course, he's a first-class father all the way. Honored to have him on the podcast today. Kamaru Usman will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's conversation with Kamaru Usman was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between myself and the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys are fans of the UFC, you got to go back and check out some of the UFC dads that I've had on the podcast here, including UFC president Dana White. Uh, UFC fighters Dustin Poirier, TJ Dillashaw, Dan Hooker, and Kamaru Usman's next opponent, Leon Edwards, was on the podcast here, as well as many other UFC fighters. Go through the archives and check them all out. Father's Day is this weekend. You can go into any Barnes & Noble near you, pick up a copy of the book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. If you got Amazon Prime, you can still get it in time for Father's Day. If you order now, link is in the bio. First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads also includes Dana White in there, as well as a couple of other UFC fighters. So pick your dad up a copy or get one for any father that's in your family or in your neighborhood. It makes a great Father's Day gift. And I would just like to say happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there who have been listening and supporting this podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend and you are treated the way you should be treated like a first class father. All right, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And as always, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Kamara Usman. I'm Alec Lace and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Kamara Usman. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, my man. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have? How old? I have one. She is seven, going on 13. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one right now. Very cool. You plan on having any more or you're one and done here? Yeah, I, I, I would like I would like two more. But as we know, that's not necessarily just up to me. So <laughs> I uh, I think I when I'm in a better situation and and, and career is not as crazy, I think, uh, yeah, of course, looking at potentially having two more. 
Yeah, very cool. And if you could, Kamal, please just take a minute uh, for those listeners who don't know, hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yes. Uh, well, obviously, my name is Kamaru Usman, uh, nickname, a.k.a. the Nigerian Nightmare. I am the UFC welterweight champion of the world and pound for pound number one fighter in the world right now. So I uh, I punch people for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you, you've had an incredible career here. So I'm going to get into that in just one second here. But if you could then take me back seven years uh, about how old were you then when you became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Uh, 20, I want to say 27 when, when the, I was hit with the news, <laughs> which was, I mean, it's incredible now starting to look back at, at how everything transpired. I had switched careers two years prior and starting to now be a mixed martial artist. I left the Olympic training center where I was training for the 2012 Olympics for wrestling. And I decided to come on to mixed martial arts, which is a new sport to me. I was scared of this sport, but for some reason I decided, okay, this is it. I'm going to go be champion in that, in that field. So I, I come over and I'm struggling for two years struggling big time i am staying with the buddy uh, rashad evans for uh, ufc hall of famer um, i'm basically living in his place and no money i'm just grinding this out i'm i'm in my head i'm like i'm gonna be a champion one day and so we're grinding out we're grinding out and then 2014 i get hit with the it's actually yeah 2014 i get hit with the news i think actually 2013 November, December, I get hit the news. You're gonna be a daddy, and I'm oh, my heart just oh, you know, as a man, those things just it just there's few things that stop you in tracks, and it stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, wait, I have seventeen dollars in my bank account, living with a friend. How am I ever gonna be able to do this? And it was just, I guess it was just God's plan. And at that time, I was nothing but training. I didn't care about it. And anyone, anything, doing anything, it was just training. If I, if I could train four times a day, I would. And that was just it. I was just so hard-headed in, on that and, and, and doing things one way to where now I was going to be a father. And now preparing and preparing for that, all of a sudden, within that year, me having, me finding out I was going to be a father, I have two professional fights to where now I am being put into the Ultimate Fighter show. I'm winning the Ultimate Fighter show. I'm coming out now, I, I'm, I'm right away, boom, boom, boom. I'm getting my own place, moving in with, you know, now my family, and now starting to make money and create my own life within that one year window, which was. I mean, just ridiculous for me. So, and I said it when I eventually in 2019, when I eventually became uh, the UFC welterweight world champion, I said it when I found that, when I, I heard that news that I was going to be a father, that girl lit a fire under me and I got going. Yeah, very well said. And that's one of the things a, a lot of, uh, you know, young men that I speak with, they think, of course, right away, I'm not financially ready to become a dad. And I always try to say, listen, it will light a fire, like you said, under you to become uh, somebody who is a hustler. Now you're going to create more ways to bring in money. They're like little money makers in a sense, because they they give you this um, intensity like you've never had before to go out and do better, become somebody better. Uh, and I think that's something that fatherhood definitely does. 
and, and, and tapping into, you know, I know obviously one of the best moments, uh, Kamara, was when you put the belt around your father for the first time he got a chance to see you uh, fight live. I thought that was such a special moment. Uh, what was your relationship like with your father growing up? And did you kind of take anything um, uh, from, from his uh, fatherhood philosophy that you incorporated into your own style? Yes. Uh, my, my relationship was great with my father. Um, I think as a, as a kid, you, you kind of basically are you know, a product of the, the society and the environment that you're in and, and basically how you're you're being bred. So, you know, my father was, even though my early on wasn't there, but he was there. We knew his presence was there. We knew what he was doing. My dad was working. My dad was in the military at one point. So if anyone has a military parent, you know that, you know, that requires them to be gone for an extended period of time. So this was kind of the story of that. But you always had that. That was my father. He's a soldier. You always had that that fear mentality of your father, and and of course my dad was more of an authoritarian at that point. So it was coming to the house. It's what I say, and which makes sense when you've got three rowdy young boys. It, it makes sense to, to to kind of keep them in line, and so that was kind of how we grew up. We grew up with with that type of relationship with our our fathers to where. I didn't necessarily, and and I don't, I'm not, you know, there's no handbook on how to parent. There's not at all. So I didn't necessarily hear the word, oh, I love you all the time. I didn't necessarily hear that. But I didn't necessarily need to hear that. You know, I knew my father loved me because he was doing what a father's supposed to do while they're raising you. So I knew all those things and I didn't necessarily have to hear it. And I never really heard it. So immigrating here to the States and growing up here in the States, you, you start to hear hear things and just kind of see, you know, you watch other kids watch kids. And you see how other parents are with their kids. So it makes you feel like, well, am I missing this? Am I missing that? Uh, I don't know. But I still know my parents love me. I know they care about me, obviously, because they, they're asking me where I'm at at all times and what I'm doing. And so they showed it as opposed to necessarily telling me. But of course, now as an adult and me being a parent myself, and while I was in college, that was actually my major was family studies, which I got to learn a lot about the dynamic of a family, development of a child, infant, uh, um, the Asian adults, just all of these things. And so I kind of come up with my own authoritative way of parenting, which I'm not just a dictator. I'm also high in, 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 in love and values as well. So I think my daughter is getting the best of both right now, the hybrid, and, and I'm loving it. I think we're, we are having a great time right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I don't remember my father doing that either, telling me that he loved me growing up, but it's something that I've, I, I've blown away the amount of times. I mean, I tell my kids that I think a lot of dads now today do that so much more. Another thing that I do too, Kamara, is I'll, I'll apologize to my kids if I, if I get it wrong, you know, and I know that that's something that my father never did. You know, I never heard him do that, but uh, so that's something different there. But you talk about studying family studies. Something I focus on this show a lot, Kamara, is, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country with so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure. And I think if we could just get more dads back in the home, so many of these issues that we're seeing in our society would start to dissolve pretty quickly. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's really sad, the dynamic of how things kind of have, have, have been, how things have been geared. And I mean, it's I'll, I don't want to say 
it's just one thing or one reason. There's a lot of different contributing factors to why kind of this probably is. But I think a lot of, uh, well, from what I've seen and heard being around, a lot of it is kind of how the system is. The system is kind of designed against uh, some people to where even if, you know, some men are trying to be good fathers, you know, the system is kind of designed against you to where it, it's it's tough to get those, you know, to get your word across or get your 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 point of view across to where you could be classified as a good father to where now you just basically end up being a weekend dad and and i guess that's you know i guess maybe the downside of some men nowadays is giving up so easily you know yes the system might be stacked up against you or some might feel like oh if i'm a weekend dad oh, fine i'm just gonna behave like that i don't really care i don't really have to be there all the time or i might just i just need to send the money and that's it I don't really care about that. You know, I don't think um, I think over time they've kind of lost the dynamic of just how important and the presence of a father is in a child's life. And, and I know and I noticed it early, even with my daughter, because my daughter very quickly started to understand the dynamic of when I'm just with mommy and when I'm just with daddy, how I can behave with mommy and how I can behave when I'm around daddy and how I can behave when I'm around both of them. And so just seeing that and actually getting to witness and feel that it, it makes me sad to know that they're just you know kids that are just growing up alone where it's just just the mom and them or just the father and them so you know it, it's definitely instrumental to have that father figure present and to have a, a basically a two-parent home yeah well said and you're so right about that so many of the emails that i get uh, are from guys that are financially strapped from trying to get more time with their kids. They're humiliated from the fighting that they've had to do. And, it, and, and sometimes it does. It pushes these guys that, that aren't willing to fight so hard into that mode of, oh, well, this is what I am. I'm going to accept that. And that's it. And it's really, really devastating. I know we want everything to be equal today, but in the eyes of that family court system, it is not equal uh, by a long shot. So uh, great point there. And, and you know, I, getting into your career there real quick, I know you said at the top, you're the Nigerian nightmare. I did an interview with Christian Okoye, the original Nigerian Nightmare, and I wanted to bring it up that I was going to interview you. So he had this to say. I want to play this clip and get your response. <laughs> so I'm scheduling right now to do an interview with uh, Kamara Usman, the UFC champion. I know he's got the, the moniker now. He's got the title Nigerian Nightmare. Was that something? Did he reach out to you? Was there something that went on that you said, hey, I give you the blessing to use this? Or how did that work out? No, well, it, it didn't really reach out to me, but he let him know that uh, he let me know that uh, he's being called the Nigerian Nightmare. Um, uh, the name was registered by me a long time ago, and uh, you know he's a brother, so he can he can answer the name and stuff. And uh, I don't have any problem with that because he represents very very well. You know, have you watched him fight? I have watched him fight, yes. That's why I can't wait. To, like I said, I'm scheduling with him right now. I can't wait to have him on the podcast, a first-class father as well. Yeah, tell him I said what's up. He's a good man. He's a good man. I like, I like exactly what he's doing. So, yeah. What's your response to that there? Oh, it's, uh, you know, I, I love it because that, that name is, is something that's so of such great significance for me and just um, athletes, you know, of, of Nigerian descent in, in sports. Uh, it's a name that's been around for a long, long time. Um, even before Christian Okoye, we, we know that that's a name that sig signifies excellence in your field of what you're doing. 
So we've had a WBC heavyweight champion of the world boxer, Samuel Peters, was the Nigerian nightmare. You know, Christian Okoye was the Nigerian nightmare. We've had few soccer players that that were, you know, just the Nigerian nightmare. So it's just a name that just exemplifies when you're just in your sports, you're killing it, you're doing everything to the utmost, and you're just a nightmare for everyone in your field. So it's a... Uh, it's a nickname that I just, I grew up hearing. And when I, I felt that whenever I got in a position to where I could carry out that nickname, that's it. I have to, I knew my nickname before I knew I was going to be fighting. That's great. That's the crazy part about it. But I did, uh, we actually reached out to Christian uh, a while ago. I think it was right before I fought for the title and he was actually present in the building in Las Vegas when I fought for the title in 2019 him, I also brought out Samuel Peters was also there present. So I, it was just, I felt such a, a brotherhood. And of course, they're all Nigerian. So I felt that brotherhood to be able to have all the Nigerian nightmares there to witness me step into that role as the new, you know, guy really carrying that flag for that nickname. Yes. So cool. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you're wearing the name and representing the name well. And then, you know, going back into you here as a dad with your daughter, uh, what does she think of your fight career? Does she um, is she into this? Does she see the fights? Does she want to see you watch all the fights and has becoming a dad and your daughter getting a little older now? Has that put any kind of number on age for you to retire or stop fighting, walk away from the game at all? Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild how I, I, I just... You know, like I said, there's no playbook for this, but I, I feel like I did it perfectly in, in, in introducing her to the sport. So from about when she was six months old, she went to the gym with me every day. I put her in her car seat and she would sit right. She would be right there on the edge of the mat and just watch me train for two hours. She was just an amazing daughter. Didn't cry, didn't, you know, wasn't needy in that sense. So she could easily watch me train for two hours. I'd get in the car seat, put her in there. We'll go to Baby's R Us and, and hang out for couple hours before it's nap time and then drive around home. So we had a routine just down for about two and a half years, two and a half, three years till it was time to go to pre-kindergarten and things like that. But so with that time, I kind of just kind of got her used to being, being, seeing me training, seeing me getting hit, seeing me hitting back. So she understood it was only one time that she actually ran onto the mat and which, which shocked me. But at the same time, it let me. It, it, it warms your heart because it's like you're training with someone and you get hit or something, and she comes after that person, and she did that, and so I had to, <laughs> I had to grab her and, and pull it to the side and then have a talk with her. And but after that day, she you know she was great, and so I just kind of timed it and timed it, and then I eventually brought her to a fight that I wasn't participating in, but I went to an event with her so she could feel how that is to be in an, an arena with. You know, with people watching an event, she had a fantastic time. So that kind of let me know. That was an indicator that, okay, now it's okay to potentially bring her to an event that I'm actually participating in. And plus, she watches me on television do it. And so 2019 is her first fight when I fought for the championship. She was there, had an amazing time. And it's a moment that I would never forget. And I hope it's a moment that she will never forget. And then I think she's been to two other fights since she she was there in um, Jacksonville when I fought Mass with all the second time. And she was just there in New York. So three fights total she's been to and they're great ones for her to go to because 
like you mentioned, I do understand the place that I am in right now. And I do understand that I can't do this forever. So I want to be able to share as many of those moments with her that I have left before I eventually walk away from the sport. But as far as timeline, I think it's just my body. Whenever my body holds up, this is this is not a sport for 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 the old man to stick around and 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 try to do this. This is not that sport. And so, of course, father time gets everybody. And so, there's going to be a point where I'm not going to be able to move as fast as I was, or my reflex is not going to be as fast. And I think at that point, I will know that it's about time to to walk away. Yeah, yeah, not too many Tom Brady's in the UFC uh, hanging on for that kind of time. But yeah, you're right there. And you know what? The MMA, mixed martial arts, has really exploded uh, in the last decade. Uh, no doubt, thanks to the UFC and so much. But, uh, you know, a lot of kids now getting I had uh, Henzo Gracie on the, on the podcast here. I mean, his uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academies are all over the place now. And it's so popular. What advice do you have or what recommendation could you give to parents on why it would be a good idea for them to get their kids enrolled in in mixed martial arts? And what's a good age for them to start? I mean, that's a, that's a tricky question because, you know, um, growing up, of course, you know, the first thing that people think about is is the whole bullying aspect. If, if a kid's being bullied, uh, this is definitely the sport that you want to get them in to learn how to defend themselves. And I say learn how to defend themselves because people genuinely think, oh, you get bullied. This is how you fight back and you, you, you know, you beat kids up. And, and no, this is not necessarily what this is about. You know, the thing about martial arts is the first lesson you learn in martial arts is discipline, discipline, respect. And these are the big things. So if you have this and these are instilled in you, in your, your mixed, in your whatever martial arts you choose to partake in. It makes it a lot easier for you to navigate and, and you know, through life and, and dealing with things of like bullying or watching somebody get bullied, which is a, an interesting one. You know, a lot of people, oh, it's not happening to me. I don't have to care. Uh, learning those aspects of respect and discipline, you learn how to speak up for somebody else that can't speak up for themselves. And so I would say, uh, of course, martial arts is. Nowadays, it's just it's tricky. These kids are getting younger and younger. <laughs> You've got 18-year-olds coming out, and they're competing with, with old men, and, and, and they're, they're kicking our butts. So I think, um, to be honest, I think good age would be in that late primary school, late elementary school age, going into uh, middle school. I think it's a good age for them to start to partake. In, in sports, and I would say, obviously, I would say probably the best ones, the two best ones would be wrestling and jujitsu. I would say those are the ones to where, of course, those focuses that I just said, those those things are, are the big principles of what they teach. Respect, discipline, honor, and, and all these things are the main focuses that they teach. But of course, you also learn how to control the situation. That's what that's what I do best, which is in the wrestling. Wrestling teaches you how to control the situation. If I'm getting beat up or I'm getting hit too much, I control the situation <laughs> by going <laughs> to my wrestling. So I would say yes, those are those are probably the two best sports, two best martial arts to get into. But yeah, there's really no uh, there's really no telling the age. But I would say that late elementary school, early middle school. 
Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, and unfortunately, the, the world we're living in today, when somebody sees somebody else getting bullied, they're quicker to pull out their cell phone and videotape it to put it on TikTok than they are to get involved and help out. So, uh, well, what, what kind of um, – do you have a fight on the schedule here? I don't believe so, but did you have a particular opponent that you are, you're hoping to get or you'd like to see fight or you got anything? What, what's, what's your feeling on the next fight going to be here? Well, there's a few opponents I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get, but – it's not just, it doesn't work that way. It's not just me going on hand picking a guy, which is another thing that I love about our sport and the UFC. It's, it's, it's not just me hand picking. You know, this is who the world wants to see next. And this is who has worked himself into position to be next. I, would, I think right now, Leon Edwards holds that, that, that spot of the next guy that I will step in that, in that octagon with. And timeline wise, I was hoping for July. But I had surgery in uh, February and the doctor saying that, you know, based on the type of surgery that I had and the location of that, that February is not uh, that July is not going to be a feasible date. So I'm, I'm trust me, no one wants to get in there more than me. I'm looking to get in there as soon as possible. So if it's not July, we're probably looking at August or September, but definitely the sooner the better for me. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing you back in the octagon soon. Last thing I want to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, I would say that the advice for that new dad is um, just expect the unexpected. There's no rule book here, so learn to be flexible. That's the biggest thing that I've I've had to deal with is learning to be flexible. There's no more my time. It's not my time. You know, when my child decides, if we have an appointment at one o'clock and my child decides they don't want to finish eating until 1250, guess what? We're going to be late to that appointment. So I would say it's about being flexible and understanding that, you know, this is all for a higher purpose. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Kamal Usman, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much. I appreciate having me on. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Kamara Usman for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there who are listeners of this podcast. Uh, I hope you guys are all treated like the first class fathers that you are. I can't say thank you enough for all your support. Uh, for listening to this podcast over the years, for your emails, your messages. Uh, I try to respond to each and every one of them. It really is, uh, it means so much to me. I hope you guys will continue uh, to listen and to share the podcast here. Don't forget my new book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, is available on bookshelves in Barnes and Nobles, wherever you are. Walk in, you'll buy yourself a copy, get one for your dad for Father's Day. Makes a great gift. If you got Amazon Prime, you can still get it in time for Father's Day. So uh, check it out. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.